Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Here we are in our second episode of our series, DNA, the core of the local church. We are excited about what we're going to talk about today. We'll be talking about uh, another aspect of our DNA in Christ, which is values. And our whole uh, thing is our standard of behavior is that we will be people that love well, speak truth, fellowship in community, and are transformed. And that we are to reflect Christ daily and invite others into this new family in Jesus. So again, this is our second episode of this series, DNA, the core of the local church. And the subtitle of this episode is Values influence our convictions. Values influence our convictions. Episode one was mission involves movement. Today we are talking about values influence our convictions. Our definitions again. DNA is the fundamental and distinctive characteristics or qualities of someone or something especially when regarded as unchangeable. Values, a person's principles or standard of behavior. One's judgment of what is important in life. And finally, conviction, a firmly held belief or opinion. Those are our definitions, and we are going to jump into this today. Our scriptures are coming from, we've got four different areas that we're going to be coming from today. We're going to be in John, the third chapter, the 16th verse. First John, the fourth chapter, the seventh verse. John, the eighth chapter, the 32nd verse. And first Peter, the second chapter, the 17th verse. Let's jump into those scriptures real quick and then we'll go on with the rest of the message. John 3.16 says, this is all English Standard Version, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. 1 John 4.7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. John, the 8th chapter, the 32nd verse says, And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. 1 Peter 2.17 says, Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. So we have talked about the, the DNA of our mission. So let's talk about the DNA aspect or the, the values aspect of our DNA. As we said, values represent our convictions and show the core of not just what a person believes, but also how they live, their ethics, the things that they live by. Now, there are four values that we're going to look at as they pertain to the church, and those four values are love, truth, fellowship, which causes us to be transformed. So it's love, truth, fellowship, 
transformation. And so we're going to jump into that today and pull out some, some, some of the scriptures that we've already used and look at it a little more intently on how this affects us as we go forward. If you did not know, the heart of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, is love. The Bible points out that God so loved us that he sent his only son. And he sent his son to die on the cross. In John 3.16, as we've said before, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believed in him should not perish but have eternal life. Because of this love God has for us, we can love others. 1 John 4 and 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. We are called to love our enemies. And that is covered in Luke, the 6th chapter, the 27th verse. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Now, this love is not the same love as the world or our culture would describe it. Our culture's love or, or thought of love or the world's vision of love is based upon feelings and ambiguity because the way that they say it, the way that we use the word love, you can love a hot dog, you can love a piece of pizza. I mean, you, it, it's just so ambiguous that we really lose the focus of it. And when we couple that with our feelings, which come and go, one day you're up, one day you're down, you know what I'm saying? So it begins to come this thing that happens every when we feel like it. And again, feelings are waning. So if our love is not rooted in Jesus, then our love does not have the full potential or potency that it needs to have. Because as we said, uh, we love everybody. That includes our enemies. We love one another. Uh, Jesus even said they, can, they will know that you are my disciples by the love that you show for one another. And we're going to jump into that a little bit in a, a couple seconds. But actually, the Apostle Paul went ahead and defined love in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, starting at the 4th verse, it says this. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant. It is not rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things 
believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. So it is a love that God shows to his people and it is also a love that we show toward one another. It has no end. It looks for the good. It has hope for the well-being of others and it seeks to cause others to be better and safe in knowing that folks have a love for them. So our first value, our primary value in our DNA in Jesus is love. And it is not love based upon emotion. It is love that is based upon an action, based upon a conduct, based upon a behavior. That is why it falls under a value because it is a standard of behavior that we have towards one another, towards everyone, and also towards God. So we have this uh, behavior, this way that we do things, the way that we act based upon the scriptures that we looked at. Especially that 1 Corinthians 13 chapter. Because it gives the breakdown of the characteristics of what love does and how it interacts with others. The next value that we have uh, for today to, to look at. So the first value is love. The second value is truth. Now I do want to say something very quickly about this, we are not talking about things that are true. We are talking about truth. The difference between those two words is truth is an absolute. True is based upon a perception. So truth is not just knowledge for our own sake but knowledge that changes our lives. For instance, we, uh, in, the, in the science community, when something is a truth, we call it a law, a rule. One of my favorite examples to use is the law of gravity. There is a truth, an absolute, that gravity is real. You cannot escape gravity. If you walk off the top of a house, you will not, like on the cartoons, take two or three steps past where you walk off and then drop down. As soon as you step off, gravity secures you and brings you down. And so that is how truth works. It happens no matter what. Let's look at what the Bible says about this. And you will know in John the 8th chapter, this 32nd verse it says, and you will know the truth 
and the truth will set you free. And then when we look at it, we say truth is not just knowledge for its own sake, but knowledge that changes our lives. We also have to look at we want to be a place where people can hear the truth that the world is sinful and broken, but that it can be redeemed and changed. Currently in this world, it's full of lies. Lies, it's called, and we also have another name for it, fake news. We want to hear the, we want to be people of truth because the truth will set the people free. It gives them liberty. It gives them ability to think for themselves and to see things for how they are. So we have to be the models of truthfulness. Whether it's convenient for us or not, we have to be truthful. Because if we aren't modeling it ourselves, if we're not operating in truthfulness, no one will take our claims about the Lord seriously. So where do we find those absolutes? Where can we find those uh, truths that folks need to hear and see operating in us? That is located in John, the 17th chapter, in the 17th verse. Jesus said it like this. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. So what we have to discover is God's word and become more intimate with God's word so we understand God's truth. And when we understand God's truth, we can convey that to others so then they can see what truth is, how truth acts, how truth is modeled so that they can have an example. There is a, a poem called, I'd rather see a sermon than to hear a sermon any day. So as people are watching you be an example of truth, they will realize that this is a value for you. And that means that it is a behavior that you are operating in and it is your standard of operation. The next, the, the next uh, value, remember our first value is truth. I mean, our first value is love. Our second value is truth. Our third value is fellowship. Uh, we are a family. We are a part of a family of believers. Uh, in 1 Peter, the second chapter, the 17th verse, it says, Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. That's because we are all part of this family of believers. And in our world, family can be taken for granted. The early church, the beginning of the church, was unified and lived life together. In Acts, the fourth chapter, the 32nd verse, it says... Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. 33, and with great power the apostles were given the, giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon all them. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought their proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as they had need. So 
we are born again in Christ, and those who are also in Christ are our brothers and sisters. And we want to create a loving environment where we can, as a family, worship, learn, share life, and ultimately grow together. The early church lived as an extended family. And we need to make sure that we maintain that mentality today. That our goal is to be an extended family that operates in love, that operates in truth, and that we are constantly looking for ways to fellowship. Now, with the restrictions that we have today because of COVID, it is not uh, as easy for us to go and do that. However, there is, uh, like we talk about, our uh, instantaneous intentional outreach where we're calling each other, that we're texting each other, that we're keeping each other in the loop, keeping each other accountable, keeping each other encouraged, and that we can do this instead of looking for reasons not to, but look for ways that we can. You hear what I said? Looking for opportunities to fellowship. Looking for opportunities. We now have Zoom. We now have uh, uh, Messenger. We now have FaceTime. We can do all these different things where we can actually look at each other, talk to each other, although we cannot touch each other, but we can still maintain a level of fellowship. Now, we have our love. We have our truth. We have our fellowship. And what this maintaining these values of love, truth, and fellowship causes us to change how we go forward, which is our fourth value of transformation. So when we look at this, we, we see that Jesus changes everything. Whatever Jesus got involved with, he caused change, right? So our spiritual DNA has not just given us a new place to go when we die, but ultimately changes our present life. Love, truth, and fellowship all come together to change us at the center of our being. We are being transformed by the renewing of our minds in the spirit. In 2 Corinthians, the third chapter in the 18th verse it says and we all with unveiled faces beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed in the same image from one degree of glory to another for this comes from the Lord who is the spirit the Holy Spirit is always present in our lives transforming us transforming our spiritual DNA to become more and more the DNA of Christ Jesus. We are being people changed and we want to see others changed. Because if we ch change lives, we can change communities. If we can change communities, we can change cities. If we change cities, we can change states. If we can change states, we can change nations. So this is a process that we go through. As we operate in these values, we then cause things around us to change. We then cause a transformation that 
is not just for us as individuals, but it's for communities, it's for cities, it's for states, it's for nations, it's for a world. Because we have set this as the, our standard of behavior, of love, of truth, of fellowship, and we operate and walk in that with the knowledge that transformation is going to be the result. Change is going to come because we are changing how we love, how we uh, operate in truth, how we fellowship. And then we will walk in that new DNA that is in Christ Jesus. That primary, that functional, that base element of who Christ is and who we are in Christ. And as we close today, I just want to remind you that our life is a mission for Jesus. It's written into our code to be God's people in this world and to invite others to become a part of what Jesus has going on. This is not, this is a non-negotiable situation. As Jesus is changing us, we should be changing others by our conduct, by our standard of behavior, which is our values, and it causes other folks to uh, see our conviction, and as they see how we are convicted and are solely locked into how we're going to do the things that we do, then the next thing they know is that they want to be a part of that which we are convicted of. Because we are not changing, we're holding firmly to it, that which we believe. And they say, if you are, I've been watching you, and because you've been living in that way, I want a part of that. So our values influence our conviction. Our values influence our conviction. The things that we hold in high belief or a strong position, strong opinion, strong thought, those are what helps us to be what God has called us to be in Christ Jesus. If you do not know Jesus as your Savior, today is a good day as any to accept him into your life. The Bible says that if you call upon the Lord, you shall be saved. It also says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And all it requires of you is that you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, which that means is that you confess that you know that you need the Lord Jesus into your life. And the Bible says that when you do that, that he will come in and he will begin to start this change process in you. That he will begin to help you to change your values, to fall under love, truth, fellowship, and transformation. And that you will begin to conform to the image of God and his Christ. If you made that decision today,
We would love for you to let us know at info at godshousecc.com. That's info at godshousecc.com. And we would love to give you some more information to walk along this path. That's info at godcc, godshousecc.com. Well, friends and family, that's what all we have for today. We hope that you're locking into that your values influence your convictions. And that you will lock into that love, that you will lock into that truth, that you will lock into that fellowship, that you will lock into that transformation. And that you will become more and more into the image of Christ in your speech, your conduct, and your actions. That God will be glorified. That's all that we have for today. And until next week, may God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name. Let's go ahead and do our benediction. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's do our benediction and our blessing, and we'll go ahead and call it a day. Here now is the blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And now unto him that is able to keep you from falling, present you before the presence of his glory with exceeding great joy. To the only wise God our Savior be glory, majesty, dominion, and power both now and forever. Amen. Until next week, God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name.